I believe Father is going to speak to us tonight. Amen. You know, God has many different um, names and uh, ways that he moves, but I believe Father is going to speak tonight to his children. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, we just thank you. Yes. We just receive you. Glory to God. You feel that? You just feel his warmth. <laughs> feel his comfort. There's peace in this place. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You can sit if you want to. You can stand. Um, you can lay at the altar. You just do it. Do whatever. Donald, as I preach, do whatever you want. Amen. Our cameramen can work around people standing, so we don't. We're not moved by that. Amen. How is everybody? Did you like that little drink? Amen. It's good to drink in the spirit. Amen. It's good to drink in the Father's love. Sometimes we just need to take a step, take a moment to just breathe. Amen. In the middle of the week like this, we need to just breathe and stop. We don't stop enough. Amen. Can we close that door back there? It's kind of loud out there. Um, I was thinking today, I was watching drivers. I had to drive in traffic today, which is not my favorite thing to do. I'm a city girl, but I can be a country girl. My husband taught me how to be a country girl. I prefer the country, (laughs) but I'm a city girl. I grew up driving in traffic. And um, today I had to drive in a lot of traffic. A lot of people just getting where they need to go, busy in from one place to the next, having no clue of people around them, right? And I got to thinking, people just don't stop anymore, do they? We don't stop and breathe. So I just pray that tonight you get to stop and breathe. So just put all your things that you got to do when you go home. If you got laundry in the washing machine, just don't think about that. Don't think about tomorrow's assignments. Amen. Don't think about your work. Don't think about your family. Don't think about how your body might not feel great right now because your body's going to feel great by the end of tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just don't think about anything that's negative. If you're going to think about anything, think on what's good. Amen. 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 If you're going to think about anything tonight, think about what's in heaven. I'm reading a book on heaven. Actually, it's my second book this summer I'm reading on heaven. You know, because the Lord says, lift your affections on things above, right? So I figured, well, if my affections are to be lifted to things above, I'm going to read about heaven. And God has blessed a remnant, a few, that have visited heaven. Jesse DePlantis is one of them. Um, I read a book by Gary L. Wood. That's another. I'm reading a book right now. Um, His name is Escaping Me, but... Describing heaven, what is what's what it's like, and I tell you what, it's changed how I think about things. It's changed how I think about my finances. For one, there's a lot of wealth in heaven. There's no lack. Um, yeah. So y'all just think on that if you're needing financial breakthrough. There's no sickness. Are you kidding me? Nobody, nobody's walking around with arthritis in heaven or diabetes. Isn't that a good thing? Amen. Yeah, there's no strife. Nobody's jealous of one other person. Nobody wants someone else's position. Isn't that cool? 
Isn't that awesome? One of the things that I learned about heaven, though, is that we're still going to learn. The the writer that I'm reading from now says there's like universities in heaven. But when you learn it, you never forget it. I would have, yeah, catch that. I would have liked to have caught Algebra 1 and not forgotten it. Now that I'm teaching it. Now we're going into Algebra 2 this year. Lord, help me, Jesus. Right? Um, Glory to God. So isn't that cool? So whatever we learn tonight, just just reach out and grab it. He learned that from Go Ministries, right? Reach out and grab it. When you get a revelation, reach out and pull it into yourself and pull it into your spirit, man, that you will never forget it. Amen. We're God beings. We're God filled. We learned that on Sunday. We are filled with God. His glory is in us. Amen. Say I'm filled with God. I'm God's child. I'm a child of glory. Amen. So we're going to learn tonight and be taught tonight, myself included, And we're going to learn like they do in heaven. We're never going to forget it. It's going to impact our lives. It's going to penetrate our being to such a degree that when we leave here, we're going to put it to work. Amen? Amen. And that work won't be toil. It'll be effortless. Amen? Because what? We're filled with God. Say, I'm filled with God. God. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of of glory. glory. Ooh, say it like this. Say, I'm a glory child. Did you say that Sunday? Oh, I like that. I'm a glory child. All right, we're going to start. Uh, these are my only notes. Um, my husband knows me. Usually when I teach, I've got lots of notes. They're very organized, very precise. And this is all I got. Isn't that fun? So um, the only thing I have on here is diamond. So we'll just kind of go from there as far as other than scripture. So we're going to turn to Hebrews 12, 5 through 13. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. So if you want to catch it on the screen. Um, most of my scriptures are going to be from the passion or the message. So if you don't have either one of those and you just want to look up on the screen and just receive and take notes, you can, I recommend taking notes, write things down. Amen. 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 Write things down. God will speak to you. He may not even speak to you something specifically that's being taught tonight, but because you're here and you showed up and you're beseeching him and you're asking him for some wisdom in an area, he'll start speaking it to you. How many times has he done that for me? Yeah. How many times has he done it for you? Right? So he'll do that tonight. So if you need something, this is your night. Say, this is my night. I receive it. Amen. We're going to go to Hebrews 12 verses five through 13. Y'all ready? And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? Do any of you have children? If you say yes, you're liars, we'll we'll have a healing line for later. Every child has to be corrected. Amen? If you've ever risen a toddler, glory to God, you've had to correct your child. 
right? Not because they're horrible children, but because they're learning their boundaries. They're taking steps. They're trying to figure out what can I do? What is allowed? What's safe for me? And you know what? Children love to be corrected. They love, in the sense, they like those boundaries. They like to know where they're safe, right? I personally, I like to know where I'm safe. Amen. Verse 8, we all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. So I have a wonderful opportunity to minister on everybody needs correction. Isn't that awesome? What's so funny is, you know, Pastor puts out and he gives us the titles of the different Wednesday night series. Um, and there were the ones in July that were open and, and he said, you know, Rick and Cassie, y'all kind of pray about which one y'all want. And of course the Lord draws me to correction and he immediately starts talking to me about it. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do that. I'm the happy one. I like to just love on people and sing and right. But no, we all get to be corrected tonight. Amen. But it's a good correction. And I'm going to give you my own testimony of a very recent correction that hopefully will encourage you and say, you know what? It's okay. God, God's got me and he loves me. Amen. Amen. It's good. It's good. Let's go. Um, I'm going to come back to that. Let's go to revelations three nineteen. out of the mouths of two or three witnesses. Correct. So we'll go to more than one. 319. And I really like how the Passion Translation says this. Jesus says, all those I dearly love, I unmask and train. I unmask and train. So repent and be eager to pursue what is right. Be eager to pursue it. Amen. Amen. We, we work a lot with young adults, and um, for those that know us, uh, oftentimes they'll come and live in our house for a season when they're transitioning from childhood to adulthood, because a lot of young adults don't know how to make that transition anymore. A lot of parents that aren't at home training their kids, so when they get to that stepping out, they have no clue. They're like, what, what do I do? How do I go? How do I function? And so we have the awesome opportunity of having a lot of uh, young adults in our house. And one of the things that I find, because um, when someone comes to live in your house, sometimes, you know, when they aren't familiar with the peaceful lifestyle that we live, they have to be corrected a little bit, just here and there. Um, like, okay, we don't, we don't use negative talk in the house, or we don't watch certain things in our house. That's just kind of the standard that we have in our home. We're, my job is to protect that home so my children have an environment where they can grow up in, right? Little things, or how they treat people, or whatever. And one of the things that I find over the years that I've found, whenever you correct either a child, Gabriella was the worst. We were talking about it when she was little. And she had to be corrected. All you'd have to say is, Gabriella, and crocodile tears, like, immediately. She just cried. Like, she thought she failed every part of life because she was being create, corrected. Amen? I mean, it was like the end of the world. How many of you have been corrected and you just, like, you walked away kind of like that puppy with the tail between the legs and you felt, like, rotten and you kind of beat yourself up over it? Raise your hand if you've ever done that. Yeah, be honest. Um, 
You know what? Correction doesn't mean there's failure. If, if we're being corrected, that doesn't mean we failed. All right? I like what Keith Moore says. He's like, who in this place is, not, is, is perfect? Who in this place is fully like God? Raise your hand. No? We're pressing towards that, right? That's our goal, right? So I don't want to, don't think I'm not speaking faith here. We're pressing towards that. But there's nobody on the face of the earth that is exactly like God. That's right. Yet God wants us to be perfect like he is. Amen. So if nobody is exactly like God, but he wants us to be perfect, don't you know we got to have a little correction? Yeah. And correction is just change. Change is kind of a negative word too in the body of Christ. We don't like to change. We like to find our scripture and that's what we like and we're going to stand on it and that's as far as we want to go because that's comfortable because we have that revelation. But sometimes... Other people in the body of Christ have a revelation in a different area that we need to receive, and it's going to correct us. Amen? It's going to cause us to make changes so we can go to a higher level of his glory. That's the whole plan. He wants to take us from glory to what? What what does that say? Show us your glory. Well, if it says show us your glory, then don't you know we're going to have to come up higher? Amen? Amen? Because I believe as this church so far, we have seen an increase in his display of glory. Yeah. Would you yes. agree with that? Amen. But he doesn't want to stop right. on July, what is it today? July 18th, summertime. I, my dates kind of fly out. When you're not teaching your kids, it's like, what day is today? Today's July 18th. I don't think he's like, okay, July 18th, 2018. Okay, Heritage of Faith has seen enough of my glory. I'm just going to stop right there. Mm-mm. God is a too much God. Amen. Amen. He's a too much God. So anytime he's making corrections on us, that's not because we failed. It's not because we're, we've messed up huge. Sometimes correction is just like, Hey, I want to get you here. So you're going to have to correct your course a little bit so I can get you there. Amen. A pilot is always making corrections. Amen. So if they put it on autopilot and they never made a correction, they're going to run into something. Why? Because the atmosphere around them is different. It's changing. They don't have a say when the atmosphere changes. They don't have a say when winds change. Amen? I don't know when I'm not a pilot, but I know enough to know that. So sometimes the path that we're walking on, the atmosphere changes a little bit, and we have to make adjustments. And those adjustments are okay. Change is good. Say change is good. good. Say change is safe. Amen. All right. I'm going to tell my little testimony real quick. So about three months ago, I think it was, I was getting a little frustrated. It's okay. It's okay for ministers and pastors to get frustrated. Okay. Um, We're human too. So we just don't show it. We try not to because, you know, we're trying to be leaders. Uh, I have girls, and we watch Princess Diaries, and in the second one, um, the queen says, or the little princess says, I just lost it. And she said, we're not supposed to lose it. We're supposed to find it, <laughs> right? So as, as a minister, as a leader, we're supposed to find it. But guess what? As Christians and believers in the world, we're supposed to be the ones finding it. Amen? So letting our flesh just rule and reign us, that's not good, Right? So um, I was praying, I was seeking the Lord, doing what I did, but I was getting frustrated in ministry. 
I was like, I feel so overwhelmed. I feel like I don't stop. Like, when do I get to sleep again? When do I get to spend time with my family? Is it ever going to let up? It seems like it just goes and goes and goes. I'm like, I feel like I'm being pulled from one thing to the next. You know, did you hear anything positive in that? (laughs) So I called it. This is a shout out to Mama Sweat. She's out there. I called Rick. I told Rick, I said, we're going to call Mama Sweat because I need some help. And I called her and I told her all my things that I'm doing, all this. And you know what she said? She's, she's like, have you guys seen Blindside? The, the mom on Blindside? That's Mama Sweat. She said, baby girl. She goes, did God give you all of these responsibilities? I'm like, well, yep. Well then, I guess he's entrusted you with a lot, right? Yes, ma'am. Well, that's pretty much an honor, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Sounds to me like you need to lean on him for your grace, for your power, for your energy, right? And for everything that you need to do all that he's calling you to do, right? Yes, ma'am. Ouch. Doggy with the tail between my legs. Okay, thank you. Click. But you know, when she did that, when she spoke that life into me, you know, sometimes you make those phone calls, you just want sympathy. You just want someone to say, oh, I know, man, your schedule is so packed. When do you ever breathe? I'm going to pray for you. You know what, brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't need that. We don't need to hear that from each other. I'm just going to say that. We need to be real with one another. We need to be able to say, okay, I love you, and I'm going to pray for you. But can I encourage you? We need to be bold enough and we need to be willing to receive from each other without getting our feelings hurt and get offended. Amen. Glory to God. Say glory to God. In that moment, see, I chose to receive that instruction and that correction really fast. And almost immediately I had the surge of energy flowing through my veins again. I felt like I could run a marathon. And I felt like that ever since. Isn't that cool? And, and we go long days. We, we wear a bunch, I mean, everyone in the body of Christ wears a bunch of different hats. Some of you moms especially wear a bunch of different hats. You sometimes feel like, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to make it to the next day. But if you recognize that God has blessed you with that influence, that realm of influence, that this is an opportunity then it'll give you some energy. Amen? So now I'm like bouncing off the walls all the time. I've got lots of energy, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. See? I can keep up with him. He's got a lot of energy. It goes all the time. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16. Is this helping y'all? Are you getting a little encouraged? I want to encourage you. I be- like I said, I believe, I believe Father wants to just speak to you and just love on you. We're going to go back to Hebrews 12. But right now... 2 Timothy 3.16. Now, I know that the first thing we think of is, well, I'd like for God to do the correcting me, right? And he does do that. So uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Amen. So his word is there to correct us. How many of you have picked up your word one morning when you're doing your quiet time? If you don't do quiet time every day, you need to. Wake up five minutes early. Start there. 
And then you're going to get addicted and you'll start waking up 10 minutes early. And then it'll be 20 minutes early. And then you're like, I can't get enough of God, right? So start small and grow. But how many of you, when you've read the word, especially Proverbs, you look at it and you're like, ooh, yeah. Raise your hand. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Yeah. I've got kid movies on my brain. I don't know why. That's right. Because the word is there to correct us. It's there to help refine us, right? To take us from glory to glory. Amen? But there's, um, how do I say this? There's an avenue of correction that sometimes is difficult for us. And that's called people. No, really, we don't like being corrected by people. Why? Because we feel like, hey, you're a person too. I'm a person. We're all on the same plane. Why are you correcting me, right? So let's go to Ephesians 4. I'm going to help pastors out here tonight. Rick and I have pastored a couple of churches, planted a couple of churches, and we always loved it when um, evangelists would come in because they would kind of affirm the office of pastor, you know, kind of lift that weight. So hopefully we can lift the weight tonight a little bit for them. Amen? Ephesians four eleven, and we'll just, we'll probably stop at 14. We'll see. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge, ooh, I like that word, and build up the body of Christ. Wow, so all of this, we call this the fivefold ministry, right? Um, all of these different avenues that God chooses to teach us, to correct us, to take us to higher and other, they come from people. God works through people. Say, God works through me. So if you have kids, God is working through you. If you're in a job place, God is working through you, whether you realize it or not. Has anyone had to correct someone that maybe they oversee? Raise your hand. Are you a head of a department or something? Yeah. Is it fun? Does anyone like giving correction? I don't like it. It's not fun. That's my least favorite thing to do. I kind of skirt around it, and then I finally get there, right? I'm just like, well, let me tell you. Nobody likes to give correction, but because of the love of Jesus on the inside of us, we give correction, right? It's love that brings correction. Amen? Amen. Verse 12. Oop, no, verse 13. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith and until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. That's why we get corrected. That's why we got to make changes. That's why we got to change our course a little bit to line up with his glory. Amen. Because his ultimate plan is to know for us to fully know the Son of God. And guess what? When we go to heaven, we're still going to be learning. We're still going to be growing. Angels are still encircling. They've been with him for a long time and they're still circling saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. They still stand in awe of him. So we never come to a place here on earth or in heaven where we have it made. You'll never do that because God is infinite. So we might as well get ready for change and get excited about change. Amen. Glory to God. 
Okay, so the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, say finally. We become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. Verse 14, and then our immaturity will end. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, then our immaturity will end. When we're ready to make changes, when we're ready to submit, when we're ready to say, come on, give it to me. I want to grow. I, I know I'm, my flesh isn't going to like it, but my spirit man wants it right now. My soul might not understand it totally, but my spirit man yearns. Your spirit man yearns to be corrected and to know what changes you have to make to get closer to his glory. Your spirit man yearns. We're listening to Development of the, of the Human Spirit by Brother Hagen. I'm just going to say that. You guys all need to be listening to that. Because you're a spirit man first. You're not going to take this saggy suit with us up into heaven. Amen? Amen. You're going to take your soul and you're going to take your spirit. But you are a spirit man. You are a speaking spirit. Say, I'm a speaking spirit. And our speaking spirits yearn and desire for more of the glory, right? So we want to change. Like sometimes my flesh doesn't like it, but my spirit man is like, come on, I'm ready, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a couple more examples, and I'm going to pass it over to Rick. Um, I think that's all I'm going to read of that. When... Most people that get into their 30s, they start thinking about working out. I don't know what it is. Um, it's, it's just like, oops, I need to start working out and get myself in shape. It's just a 30s thing. Has any, did everyone do that in their 30s? Like you're like more aware of it? I started in my 20s because it was, um, I had an encounter with the Lord. And, um, but I, guess what? I had to make changes. I really liked a lot of bread. Um, I could drink a gallon of whole milk by myself a week. I really liked whole milk. It was yummy. Right? I did drink Dutch pepper. I didn't drink a whole lot of it like some people are everydayers, but I just enjoyed it. Right? Well, you know, I had to make corrections and changes to my course in order to get my desired results, to be healthy, to be strong. Amen? And even now, you know, back in the fall, um, the Lord told me not to share it up until just recently, but he told me to fast Dr. Pepper for a year. I don't, I don't really drink a whole lot. I like maybe one or two a week. And then in the summertime, just, there's just nothing like a cold Dr. Pepper in the middle of 107 degree weather, right? I mean, I like ice cold water too. I don't drink any other bad stuff, but man, I just like Dr. Pepper. I'm just going to say it. But for some reason, he said, I need you off of Dr. Pepper. And you know what? He said for a year. I don't know what he's going to say in October when that year comes. If he says, you know what? Why don't you go a whole nother year? I'm going to say, all right, I'm just going to trust you because you know what my body needs and what it doesn't need. Right? I had to make a shift. I had to correct my course a little bit. And I started seeing positive results. Isn't that cool? And I don't know if it was just for a season. I don't know if he's like, look, I need to restore some things that are on the inside of you. So let's take that out for a while. Or if it's just going to be like, you know what? You just don't need it ever again. And if he says that, I'm going to be like, okay, bless the Lord. You know what? He's going to fill me with good things. Amen. I taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. And I am so satisfied. Isn't that cool? 
To get the results that you want, you got to do the things that you don't want to do sometimes. Amen? Isn't that right, Becky? Have you seen a lot of change? Oh, my goodness. I've watched Becky over here drastically change physically, but she set a goal, and did you have to make changes? A lot of changes? Yeah, you had to change your thinking, right? So to get healthy and strong, she had to change her thinking. She had to let go of some things. So to be healthy and strong spiritually, sometimes we need to change our thinking. we got to let go of some things. Maybe it's offense. Mm, that's a tough one. Maybe you've got to let some people go so you can go further in God. If you're holding on to the past, people that have hurt you, you're not going to be able to move forward. You're just not going to step into another realm of his glory. And sometimes you just got to let them go. I watched a video of the Mengele twins from the Holocaust. And I watched this lady speak. And they were horribly mistreated in Auschwitz. And I watched her testimony of forgiveness. And I just got God bumps all over me. And I thought, you know, if that woman can forgive the horrible things that were done to her as a child, how much more can I forgive the little petty things? Or maybe it is big things that people have mistreated you in some way. But if you hold on to them, then you'll never take that step forward. Amen? Amen. I want to show you one more thing. Can you show me the, um, the rock? Look at that. Is that pretty to you? No? Yes? No, thank you for speaking out, whoever that was. It's kind of ugly, isn't it? I know, I saw that and I was like, ooh, wow. Okay, Lord, that's kind of blah. Show me the next picture. Mmm. Is that ugly? No, we like those things. We like sparklies, right? That's a diamond. Isn't it gorgeous? Guess what? That came from that rock that you just saw. So I saw a quote today. A diamond is just a piece of coal that did well under pressure. We got diamonds in us. And sometimes that correction brings a little bit of pressure when we're uncomfortable. But if we'll do well... And we'll take it, like, you know, when you're a kid, you had to take cough syrup. Ugh, I don't, I never fed my children cough syrup because I didn't like it as a child. We did other things. But um, if you just take it and say, okay, I'm going to apply this and I'm going to take a step, I'm going to step out on the water, right? And, and just trust that my father loves me. Oh, there's more levels of freedom that are coming our way. Amen. And we can be more and more like Jesus. Tag. (laughs) That's fun. I enjoy listening to my wife minister just as much as anybody, anytime. She's wonderful. I I could ever really love to listen to her. And I go to her and ask, I ask her a lot of questions and we talk about a lot of things. And I think it's real important. That uh, you understand that because I really draw on the anointing. She's got a teaching anointing on her, and I love it. Thank you, babe. Um, it's fun. I, I, I'm impressed. See, you don't need all those notes that you take forever to do with. She does do a lot of good homework when she comes to, to writing her stuff down. And so, um, what I want to visit with you about, just in continuation, these two messages pretty much go together, which is really cool about them. And so, um, 
in order for you to do what I'm fixing to talk to you about, you have to be able to receive correction. And without that, then you'll never do one of the things that God asks us to do. He said, be ye holy as I am holy. And in order for us to see the glory of God manifest in our life at a level that God wants to display it in our lives, we got to take the correction that Cassie was talking to us about in order for us to be what God created us to be. We're all created to be diamonds, but if we don't allow the pressure to, to around us and the things that, that push on us a little bit to uh, help uh, to help strengthen us and to grow us in those areas of our lives. And we're only going to be that, that, that piece of rock that, you know, you saw before. And I think that that's something, you know, that, uh, too many people in the body of Christ, they think that there's, uh, just automatically one day you're just going to wake up and boom, everything's perfect, you know, and, uh, it's a process. Amen. It is a process and you don't get there just overnight. Now it may happen in a night, but it's been a long night for you. Amen. There's been a lot of things that you've done to get to that one night. And all of a sudden everybody realizes, Hey, they're amazing. And God's done some great things, but it took a lot of, you know, chiseling in the process of pruning this out of your life and getting this out of your life and getting this out of my life. And what else, Lord, do you need to do in my life so that I can be used to your greater glory, Lord? Uh, I, you always want to go to that next level, but with every level, there's a, um, there's some more resistance that has to take place in your life in order for you to get there. And, 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 that's, and I, I say resistance because uh, I, I think about like lifting weights. If you want to get stronger, you have to put more weight on there so it's heavier for you. At the moment, eventually you get used to that amount of weight and it becomes easy for you. Okay? But, but, if, you don't, but if you don't, if you wouldn't run away from that weight that you're taking on, then you're never going to be able to lift that weight. Hello? And, and the cool thing about it is a good, a good spotter or a good trainer is not going to put more weight on the bar than you're capable of handling and that they're capable of spotting you on. So see, God's always right there with us every single step of the way, wanting to mature us into the glory that he created us to be in, but he's not going to allow us to, to get underneath that bench and put, you know, 500 pounds of pressure on us immediately because we're not ready for it. He's going to start us off at a level that we are ready for. And so then, then, that, then he gets, hey, they're doing better. Let's add some more weight to it. You know, I, I, I trained a lot of athletes and in the process of training athletes, one of the things I enjoyed doing with them is I wouldn't tell them when I added a certain amount of weight. Seriously. I mean, especially if it was just like a, a, a little thing they're trying to get past, you know, I wouldn't even tell them just, you know, I'd have a guy slide an extra five in or, or an extra, even if it was 2.5 on each side of it, but they're trying to get past this point And all of a sudden they break that barrier. And I tell them, I say, you just lifted over 300 pounds. No way. And I get them to look at, stand up, take around, take a look at the, look at the rack and see, realize, oh my God, I did it. You know, what is that? Because the image that you have of yourself right now is not being able to obtain the glory that God's intended for you to walk in. But if you'll continue to look, pay more attention to what he's telling you to do, then all of a sudden you'll arrive to a place that you couldn't have done it if you would have thought about it yourself. And all, you know, God's not going to ask you to do more than what you're capable of doing. But if you'll just trust him to do whatever it is he's put in front of you right there at the moment, he's taking you someplace that you can't even see at the moment. He's so good at that. And you're thinking, why do I have to be doing what I'm doing right now? Trust the process. 
trust. Faith is the substance of things not yet seen, the evidence of things hoped for. See, too many people want it all paved out for them, even with the glory of God manifesting and the, the dreams that are on the inside of them that, you know what, there's things that God's wanting to do in you and through you, and you, he's got to develop something before he can give that what she's trying to give you at, that you really want to have. It's like, uh, I know uh, Chrissy's, uh, uh, I don't, you've run, I know a few half marathons, right? And so one of the things that I, I've run a couple of marathons, and one of the things that you have to do is you have to develop road resistance. You can't just run just anywhere. You've got to take some road running because of what it can do to your body and the stress fractures that it can cause. You've got to develop some things, some calcium on your, on your legs and in your shins and on your muscles. The whole entire thing, your muscles got to get tougher in the process of it. Um, how many of y'all know the, uh, Greg, I'm trying, I'm trying to get the, the guy that won the Tour de France like seven times. What was his name? Um, that's lived strong. What's his, Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong, uh, his wife was a marathon runner and his ex-wife was a marathon runner and, and he just thought one, he's gonna go run a marathon and he ended up being laid up and tore up all of his shins and tore up muscles and stuff in his body because all he ever did was run to about 13 or 14 miles. And so when he got ready to do the 26.2, it totally took his legs completely out. And so, you know why? Because he wasn't prepared. And see, there's, God's not going to put you in a position that's going to allow you to get hurt. Now, you may put yourself in a position that's allowing you to get hurt, but God's not putting you in that position to get hurt. And so you have to trust some of the things that he's, he's asking you to do in, in the process of going where he's trying to take you. Because if there's a dream on the inside of you, God's placed that dream in there. You've got to trust him in the process of getting you there. Amen. Amen. And it takes, it takes some corrections and there's, that's so good, Cassie. I'll just love that. And so in, in the light of that, uh, he challenges all of us be holy. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. Pastor Rick. No, but he's, he, he, if God didn't think that we were capable of being holy, he would have never asked us to be holy. Be ye holy as I am holy. Let's look at that scripture. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. I just got three scriptures that I'm going to share with you. And uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to start in verse 13. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end of for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, say I'm a child of glory. <laughs> Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. So don't, don't look at yourself like you used to be. I cannot look at myself like I used to be. I am no longer a sinner. I have been saved by grace. I am now, I have now become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I cannot allow myself to be conformed to what I used to be. I have to be transformed by the renewing of my mind to what the word of God says about who I am. Amen. 
I've got to take this image. So he's telling us, don't fashion yourselves according to the former. Former is the past. Come on. Do you, that's the, that's one of those things that try, uh, uh, brother Jesse talks about it being Dracula. Get, quit letting Dracula come up out of the grave. Come on, your old self. You and I've got to just shut the door. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. Shut the door. Seriously, that's your old self. You are no longer that person anymore. And he's saying to us, he's, in order for us to be who God created us to be, in order for us to be the glory of God that he wants us to be, to be glorious children of light, amen, then we've got to put away the former, amen? Got to get rid of it. He says here, he says, um, in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you, Remember, we studied this on Sunday. If you hadn't listened to Sundays, he's called us to what? To glory. Remember that? He, we looked at a couple of different scriptures on Sunday. God has called us to glory. He has called us to glory. That's part of the calling that is on our life is to be the glorious church without spot or blemish. So he's saying here, but as he which has called you is holy... Because see, you're not going to see the glory if you don't walk in the holiness that God has called you to. Come on. Because when the glory of God manifests, it'll consume things. He's a fire just as much as he's a cloud. He's an all-consuming fire. He's a refiner's fire. And he's trying to, like Pastor Cassie was talking about just a few minutes ago, about that rock. <clears throat> he's trying to get, cleanse us from all impurities so that we can see the glorious person that we are, Amen. that we were created to be. Every one of us are precious in his sight, but we spend too much time thinking about where we are naturally, that we're not experiencing the glory that is in us and on us. And he desires to pour out around us and in everything that we're doing. We've got to be transformed, Right. We've got to think like he's talking to us about thinking right here. Amen. <clears throat> so he says this. So be you holy in all manner. Look at this. What does it say there? All manner of what? Conversation. Quit talking negative about yourself. Come on. Stop it. And help each other. Don't let, he, don't let your friend, don't let your family member talk. Now, you're not like that. Just don't agree with them. Come on. I mean, I tell you, that one of the blessings of having the wife that I have, and even my kids are correcting me at times. You know, Daddy, do you really think that? You know, I'm like, oh, no. And so, you know, come on. Taking correction from your kids is not always fun. But you know what? Praise God. That they know enough about the word of God that they're able to give me some strength there and do something and help me in my own personal life, just like their own personal life. It's Because why? There's so much negativity going on in the world around us that it's so much easier to talk about the negative stuff. Come on, that's what everybody else, you cannot turn on a TV and not hear the negative. Seriously. 
And so you've got, what is he telling us to do? If we're going to be holy as he created us to be holy so that his glory can manifest in and on us and through us and everything that we're doing, we're going to have to, our conversation is going to have to line up with what the word of God says about it. Because we cannot have what we speak against. We cannot have it. Out of your mouth cannot come both fresh water and salty water. Life and death are in the power of my tongue and your tongue. And you and I are eating the fruit of what's coming out of our mouth. So we've got to continuously cultivate the words that are coming out of our mouth. They are life and they are death. So we want to speak life. So we want to constantly speak what God says about who we are and who we are with each other. With your spouse, with your family members, with your kids. What are you speaking You want to see the glory of God manifest in your child? Stop talking negative about him. Amen. How about your husband? Stop talking negative about him. Amen. Your wife, whoever it is that's in your life that you wanted to see the glory. Even if you, that good old saying, if you don't have anything good to say, what? Don't say nothing at all. Yes. Come on. Even a fool seems wise when they keep their mouth shut, right? So, I mean, I'd rather at least act like a, I'm not a fool. Amen. Just zip it. You know, bite that. You know, bite your tongue. You know, if you have to. You know? Why? Because that's where the root of what you're experiencing in your life is right now. That's it. I mean, it is. It is the root. You... You, what you are experiencing today is what you've been speaking in all of your yesterdays. Right. Yeah. Right. Keep speaking what you, what you see, what the word of God says about who you are. Amen. And watch the manifestation of the goodness, the manifestation of the power, and the manifestation of the presence, which is called the glory of God, manifest in your life. Amen? Amen? Okay, so we continue here. It says, be ye holy. So, so because it is written, be. 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 Be ye holy. Huh. For I am holy. Are you, are you not of him? Yes. So are you holy? Yes. Woo. Amen. So are you holy? Yes. Yes. Not in your own right. You're holy because he's made you holy. Be ye holy because you are holy in me is what he's saying. I am because I am. And you are because I am. (laughs) Is what he's saying to us right there. Amen. All right. Let's look look at a couple more scriptures. Go to uh, John chapter 17. We're going to be in verse 11. You know, it's fun because... uh, Sunday morning, I preached, and even Officer Sims, if you're watching, love you, buddy, appreciate you. He says, man, you are on fire Sunday morning. Well, Sunday morning was a preaching morning, amen? And so I thought we'd actually go to John 17, and we may have. I don't even remember. It was so good. I just flew, you know? But uh, the teaching anointing on this Wednesday night, because I believe our, our Wednesday nights are so rich with understanding. With all you're getting, get understanding, you know? Wisdom and revelation knowledge is always flowing freely in this house. 
And then I I believe there's certain things. This is so important for you and I and every situation that we're in in life that when you get under the anointing and if Dr. Savelle or Pastor Justin or myself, whoever's ministering on a Sunday morning, the anointing just, you know, it's the presence of God is here, but there's so much going on that just, it feels like sometimes some of it's just going straight over your head. That's okay. Put a pause button on it. Go back and listen to it a few more times. Allow it to incubate. Because there's times where I'm sitting there, man, I'm not catching half of what's coming out. So much stuff is so good. And so, and that's okay. And so what you want to do is don't, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, I don't get that. No, it's just take your time and allow the Lord to, to reveal those things to you as you meditate on whatever that word is that was spoken. Even if it's taking the scriptures at the reading on a Sunday morning or something like that. But our Wednesday nights are specifically geared for teaching a lot of what God's doing in the midst of us as a church on a regular basis. Amen. And so these are such rich nights of teaching for understanding uh, because we have to have our understanding. Amen. Look at this verse 11. It says, now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. So this is Jesus talking about his disciples. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come, I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So part of sanctification is is creating the holiness that we're believing for in our own lives. So what Pastor Cassie was talking about and what we can walk in when he's talking about be ye holy as I am holy is allowing the word of God to correct us. And if you'll allow the word of God to correct you, when someone comes to you and says, hey, you know, I know you did that, but this is probably what you probably should. You say, you know what? God talked to me exactly about that. And that's that totally bears witness with me about what's going on. And that's a good feeling when you know God's already talking to you about something. And say, pastor comes to you and says, hey, have you considered this? Or, you you know, because pastor and, and all of us on staff, when it comes to correction, that's one of those things. It's not the funnest thing in the world. But we as a body of believers and as ministers, we're, we have to be apt to teach you whatever the word of God says about situations in, our, in your lives and in my life. And I have to be always open to correction because uh, an open rebuke is better than hidden love any day of the week. And a, a wise person is going to always take uh, the, re- the rebuke or the teaching or the coaching that's coming from someone that loves them. Amen. Yeah. And you got to recognize that. And so that's what we want you to do. But, and, and in light of that, like Cassie was showing earlier, the word of God wants to coach you where that is concerned. Yeah. So as you meditate in the word, it's going to correct you. It's going to sanctify you. It's going to create in you the holiness that God wants to place in your life so that you can, uh, he can, uh, his glory can be manifested in your life. Amen. So sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Listen to this. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. So he sanctified himself for us, giving us his bloodline, his cleansing. Amen. Look, continue with this. And he says that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Who Jesus is the way, the what? The truth. truth and the life. So 
his words in us, right? So it cleanses us. Neither pray I for these alone. So it wasn't just talking about the disciples back then, but I pray for them also, which believe on me through their word. How do we hear about Jesus? Through the word that they preach, because it's written for us here in paper. Amen. So this is me and you that he's talking about. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in them, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And this is a scripture that I did read on Sunday. That the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Hmm. <clears throat> Come on. How is he? How are we able to receive that glory? By receiving the sanctification that we have in him. Come on. Because the reality of it for so many is that I'm not worthy of it. Who am I? That's what most people will tell you. Most religious people will tell you. I don't want to think myself more highly than I ought. Let's look at, I'm going to go over and we'll come right back to this, but go to this, my other scripture that I was going to share with you. Philippians 2, 5 through 6. Let this mind, and when I was, when I was reading this today, right before we started, uh, it, it jumped out on me. Let this image, image be in you. Let this image be in you. Imagine this, if you will, because what he's saying, let this mind, let this image, imagine this, imagine this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he's asking us to think like he thinks. Mm. How dare you? He's asking us to. That's how we dare to. Amen. Let those religious. If you've got people bucking the scripture when you're reading something like this, just turn around and go the other direction. Don't argue. That's not. It's not your job to defend the word of God. It defends itself. The word of God will always win. Amen. Let the word of God be a light unto their feet. Not you. Don't feel like you have to argue with them where the word word of God is concerned. God can handle himself. Amen. Amen. He says, which was also who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That's the image you need to get, grab a hold of. If you're going to see, and I'm telling you this because that's a hard concept. In the natural, not for you, because say, I'm not in the natural, Rick. You, you and I cannot be naturally minded people. Not if we're going to change the world that's outside these walls. This world is dying. There are people just... There are people that just need a revelation of the reality of the royalty that you and I have in Christ Jesus. They need to know that there's something more to you than than meets the eye, so to speak, as the transformer. As you're transformed, if I'm transformed, they need to know. They need to. They need to know that you know that you know that you are a child of glory and that the glory of God can be released through you to them in the life that they're called to live. They need hope. 
You are the hope of glory. I am the, I've got to have so much hope on the inside of me that when people come to me, they want to receive what it is that God has given me because it's his to give to them. Amen. That's the, the revelation, the mind that has to be in us is that you and I are children of the most high God, that we are heirs to the throne, that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And it's not robbery to be called equal with God in the aspect of a child of God. He is God. Don't get me wrong here. Don't put, don't, he is God, but he's given us his bloodline so that we should be a reflection of who he is to everybody else that comes in contact with us on a regular basis. Amen. People should see you. They should know there's something different about you. They should look into your eyes and see a hope that nobody else has given them on a regular basis. Because the glory of God's man is, there's a confidence on the inside of you. There's a knowing that's on the inside of you that no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, no matter what they're going through, that the God that lives on the inside of you, the father of light, the father of glory, who has birthed you is greater than any situation that you're going through, that they're going through, will heal the cancer that's in their body, will set free and deliver the children that they have been believing for, that the devil has had his hands on. They, they need to see that in you. They need to see that in me. They need, and how are they going to see that? Is when you and I are looking so intently into the perfect law of liberty to realize that I am just, the holiness of God is on my life because Jesus paid for that holiness to be in my life. And I have received, Jesus was made unto me, wisdom, righteousness, justification, and redemption. Jesus was made unto me, righteousness, justification, sanctification, 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 holy, set apart, consecrated as unto God. Jesus did this for me, just like he gave me a ticket to heaven. He made me holy. Not because of my own righteousness or my own ability to accomplish something. Not because I did this or said that. It's because I put my faith and I continue to look into that perfect law of liberty and remember the reflection of who I am. I let this mind be in me rather than what the world wants to tell me that I am. Because he's told me who I am. And I am in him, the I am. Hallelujah. And you are too. Come on. Bow up a little bit. Come on. Get a little snap to your step. A little confidence to you. Amen. Get a new do if you have to. Amen. Do what you have to do. There's some things that you need to do that just, you know, oh, makes you feel good, right? Makes you feel like you can conquer the world. Amen. Amen. It's like my sister, my daughter likes wearing my, or putting on her hokas. And they're about that much thicker than regular tennis shoes. She looks at me like, hey, dad, I'm about your height. You know, what, what does that do? Well, what do you do when you start looking into that word? You realize that's me. That's who I am. I, I'm, I'm his child. I'm a child of the most high God. I'm an heir to the throne. I have everything that I need for life and godliness in my life. I have the answer that everybody else wants in their lives. I am the reflection of who the king of kings and the Lord of Lord is. Amen. Amen. Yes. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Yes. 
And you're able to be a blessing to people everywhere that you go and in everything that you do. Hmm. When you pray for people, I got friends in Costco. Amen. One of my Beverly, she's my checkout partner. My sister, boy, we get to, I prayed over her healing and God's done. You know, God does great things in great places. Amen. Yes. Wherever you allow that great place to be. Amen. Yes. What is that? The glory of God goes with you everywhere. Amen. Take him with you. Amen. So here we go. Don't leave him at home. Amen. That old commercial, never leave home without it. What was that? American Express card. Amen. Continue here, and we're going to finish this up. Verse 22 of John chapter 17. The glory which thou gavest me, I have given unto them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect. (laughs) I must see Billy Brim next week. Hallelujah, hanky time. I'll get, my wife would like to, she, you know, there's a great billboard in San Antonio, okay? <laughs> it's one of my favorite billboards ever, okay? And it says a high-speed internet is faster than a flying chancla. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I got one Latina in the whole place. A chancla <laughs> is a flip-flop, okay? And a Mexican, if you understand the Mexican culture, a flip-flop can do a lot of damage. Okay, but if you ever watch Billy Brim, she'll kick her shoe off every once in a while, or flip flop, or whatever she's wearing. And and that flip flop goes off, and she's just twirling her little hanky around. Amen. You know what is she? The glory of God shows up when it show up. Man, you're excited. Well, if you live in it, you'll live in total excitement. Like you know, it's so much fun to constantly stay in that state of excitement, and you have to create that. And what's so cool is, is you begin to live like that, and the people around you will begin to respond like that. And the next thing you know, everyone that comes around you expects to live like that. If you don't believe me, just come to our house. Seriously, it's contagious. It's our family. It's who we are. We're growing. And this is our church family as well. There are so many people in our church right now that are lit with the glory of God on their lives. And they're seeing the manifestation of the glory of God. I think I'm just thinking about our worship team and some of the the breakthroughs, five new cars. And they've gotten just, and this is just in this last year. I mean, people giving them, what is that? That's the glory of God manifesting in our church. Amen. Amen. This is our house. You know, this is a house of fire. Amen. Glory to God. The glorious church is right here. It's in me and it's in you. Keep stirring it up. Don't, don't look around going, where's mine? No, it's right here. Come on. It's my time. It's high time. It's my time. Now is the acceptable year of the Lord. You ministered that to me on Sunday and I thank you so much. Now is the acceptable time of the Lord. Now is the acceptable time of the Lord. Amen. Yes. Now, now, yes. say now, now, <laughs> now. say now, now. <laughs> I, am I am the glorious church. The glorious church. Mm. I am, I am holy because he, he has made me holy. I walk in my holiness. Now, I want to pause for just a second before we start, because the reality is this is what happens. Because of a revelation of that, you don't have to worry about the things you've had to deal with in the past. The moment you start 
digging into a deeper revelation of the reflection of the glory of God and the holiness of God, the old stuff that you used to do, you just stop doing it. You don't even know why you stopped doing it. It just doesn't mean any difference to you anymore. You just all of a sudden go, well, you just don't want it anymore. You don't want to do those little things anymore because they don't make any sense to you. Why would I want to go back? It's like Brother Copeland said, you know, he didn't even realize those cigarettes were sitting up on top of his desk for that. You know, he had those for a month. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's over with. Doesn't affect him anymore. Because when you, when, you, when you meditate more on the goodness of God, then everything else seems to disappear. The glory of God, then everything else is it's gone. And you start living the holy life that he created you to live. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So focus, focus on the scriptures that we talked about tonight. Cassie shared that, Pastor, we've been going through as a body of believers, those glory scriptures, you know, some of the things that I was quoting on Sunday. You know, if you want those glory scriptures, call up here. We'll email them to you. Do what you need to do to get those. There's 78 glory scriptures that I meditate on. I still meditate on. And they're just good. They're powerful. They're eating. They're, they're, they're good for your soul. The more you, whatever you're focusing in on is what you're going to become. That's it. I want to keep looking at the glory, man. It's going to keep manifesting in my life. Amen. Glory, glory, glory to God. You'll be like those angels on earth going, glory to God. Then you come on, glory to God. And then God blesses you. Glory to God. You know, Cassie and I try to go on a vacation. Somebody try to bless us with the whole entire thing. Yeah, every, I mean, seriously, this is no joke. This is God. And then, again, right? You know, the Lord just directed us to do some different. Do, yeah, seriously, doubly. So, I mean, it's like, there's, I'm telling you, just keep doing what it is God's told you to do. And he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Amen. 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 And just roll the care of everything else over on him because he cares for you. Amen. Just be obedient to do whatever it is he's telling you to do. Amen. All right, Brother Joseph, you want to come up? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you all.